past of mine, good afternoon. Welcome along to Manx Radio's Man in Line for Wednesday, 24th of January. Alex in for Andy once again. So, lots to talk about on the open line this afternoon. Give me a call, 66 13 68. What do you think of what's in the headlines? Over-the-counter medicines. Your GP from next week won't be able to prescribe you medication for conditions like a sore throat or cystitis. The Education Minister. Julie Edge, will she resign, will she be sacked, or will she get on with the job? And, according to the Treasury Minister and the Chief Minister, Head of the Budget, tough decisions are on the way, which is code word for cuts, cuts, cuts. And the question is, if they're going to prioritise spending, is it the priorities of the people who pay the bills, or is it the priorities of the government? Are they two different things? Okay, I'd love to hear your opinions on this story, these stories, or anything else that's uh, hitting uh, the news. Uh, do give me a call, 66 13 68. Uh, send me a text to 166 um, Or, of course, you can email studio at manxradio.com. I did have a text yesterday saying, um, when I um, said that we, we don't censor anyone for Man in Line, but I don't read out all the texts. No, it's a phone-in programme. Um, so uh, people who ring up on 66 13 68 get priority and we get through the text uh, as much as we can in between. Um, so if you want to get your point across, um, please do give us a call um, at 66 13 68. Um, well, let's talk about that top story then that broke this morning. A new policy labelled OTC makes it sound, I don't know, a bit more jazzed up, doesn't it? Um, it's a bit like stop the boats. Um, a new policy labelled OTC or over the counter is uh, aiming uh, from uh, next week to steer more people away from the doctor's surgery and get them to go out and buy their own remedy. Now, is this a cost cutting exercise from a health department which, you know, uh, next month will be asking for tens of millions of pounds more cash? Well, John Moss was finding out. A step in the right direction to ensure we're providing an efficient, accessible and sustainable service. A quote from Health Minister Laurie Hooper as his department announces that from January 29th, patients with minor self-cure conditions can't just go to a surgery and get a prescription for the remedy. They'll have to buy that remedy for themselves. What is seen as a minor ailment, as you might guess, a sore throat, even an acute sore throat, coughs, colds, nasal congestion, a bunged-up nose... Hemorrhoids, mild cystitis, dandruff, earwax, head lice. All these things, say the department, are suitable for self-care. So if you go to the doctors and say, give me a prescription for this minor complaint, you may be told very politely, I'm sure, treatments are available in the chemists or in stores. Indeed, advice is also available in chemists. And no, you can't have a prescription for it. Mind you, the GP's discretion may be used where a complex combination of medicines is being used to manage a long-term condition, uh, chronic pain relief. Clinical skin complaints. Now, a prescription costs £3.85, so let's pop down to the store and see what treatments off the shelf cost, shall we? Well, what we're looking for really is the cost of these things. Uh, we start off with the things like ibuprofen, uh, pretty cheap, 55p, of course, Neurofen as well, £1.05, that's pretty cheap. Imodium up here, £3.25 if you have problems in that particular area. Optrex. If you have those eyes that are getting a bit uh, tired and need soothing, £13.65, so they're quite expensive. And things for chesty coughs, fixed mentholated, £4.75. Uh, you can hear from all these prices that they're above the £3.85, of course, which a prescription costs. Vitamin D, regular price £8, again, above that cost. So all these things really will cost more than if you had... A prescription in your hand and were able to get it over the counter. 
if you go into a shop like this one, like the store, and bought them, it would definitely cost you more. So you can see the idea. Medicine, even for minor complaints, tends to cost more than a prescription. But cost to one side, those are down to this. What if by not going to the doctor, something important is missed? The department's next month going to Timbledon saying, please, sir, I want some more. 30 millions more. They're flagged overspend. If more people pay for themselves and don't rely on prescriptions, it's likely to be a saving. And it could save a lot of surgery time as well when people who can self-care don't take up that doctor's valuable time. Health Minister is Laurie Hooper. The purpose of the over-the-counter medicines policy is to provide GPs with some clarity, really, on the things they can and can't or should or shouldn't prescribe. So the way that it works is if you have a, a long-term ongoing medical condition that requires these uh, kind of things, they, they're still available for you on prescription. Uh, but the intention is people that go to the GP and try and get prescriptions for things like vitamins or paracetamol, things like that, it's actually cheaper for them to buy those over-the-counter than it is to go and pay the £3.85 prescription charge. And don't forget, for the health services perspective, we also pay dispensing fees to the pharmacy. So it isn't just costing you more, it's actually costing the health service a lot more as well, uh, when really you can go buy a box of paracetamol for a pound or two it's a lot cheaper to do that than, than actually go and get a prescription. Is this a cost-cutting exercise for the National Health Service for yourselves uh, passing the costs on to people who perhaps can afford it but go to the doctor as their first point of call? Uh, it's, it's more about the second of those things. It's more about making sure that GP appointment times aren't taken up by people going to get appointments for prescriptions for things that they could just easily and cheaply purchase over the counter. Yeah. Uh, it's also about making sure that uh, people are accessing the right care in the right place. So ultimately, mm. you know, it's easier to go to a local pharmacy and get these things and have to wait a week or two for a GP appointment. So that a lot of it is around saying, if we can help you help yourselves, uh, that's actually better for everybody. There's a danger of people who should go to the doctor. They might have something that they're not aware of just going to the chemist instead. So that's the flip side. You know, we, we still would encourage people if they think they need to go to see a GP, absolutely still go and see a GP. Uh, but if you know what, what it is you're seeking, and, and vitamins are quite a common one of these, or uh, anti-allergy medication, for example, uh, these, are, these are quite common things that people would ordinarily go to a GP for, have done in the past. And what we're saying is actually it's more cost-effective for everybody and quicker if you just go to the chemist and purchase these over the counter. Uh, but again, I need to reiterate that if you do have a long-term medical condition and this is something you need to manage that condition long term. You don't miss people. You don't no, miss it, people who should go. Exactly. So the guidance is still quite clear for GPs that if this is a long term condition management, uh, actually that's still perfectly okay. But again, the GPs will know this and they'll be able to communicate quite effectively, I think, with their patients. This is to do with the £30 million overspend? Are you trying to save money? Uh, no, it's not really. Um, again, it's about efficient and effective use of resources. So, like we're doing with other services, there'll be lots of changes coming uh, over the next year or two or, or, or longer, actually, where what we're doing is saying what's the best way of you getting the right care for you and how do we make sure that if you need to see a GP you can get in and see a GP. Some of that is around additional resourcing so you know more GPs, more support for GP practices. Some of it is about saying well actually if you don't need to go to see a GP Go see, a, go see a pharmacist, go and see a nurse, go see an MIU or whatever it is that's more appropriate for you. So it's all about making sure people can get the care that they need as quickly as possible uh, without having an, an unfair impact on anyone else. Fast talking, as always, from uh, Laurie Hooper, um, the health minister there. And uh, yeah, it's not about saving money. It's about efficient use of resources, which, yes, tomato, tomato, some might say. Um, do you think this is a cost-cutting exercise? 
OK, do you think this is something that's long overdue? That, yeah, why are we paying £3.85 um, possibly for a prescription for paracetamol when they only cost you um, pence, maybe a pound, in the shop? Um, thank you very much to um, Texa Terry, who says, Good afternoon, Alex. Why doesn't Mr Hooper just admit it's an increase in national insurance via the back door? Well, they do need to save money, don't they, that... Um, that is the uh, the issue. Or is it a case of, I know Andy described it when we had some businesses closing last week, another part of the Isle of Man flaking away. Um, that our government and the Canon administration especially, out of touch in terms of attract people to this island where you have to pay more for this. We have got less services. We've got crumbling infrastructure. What part of that is going to attract people? Okay. Um, let me know your opinion. Which side of the fence are you on? One double six at one double seven. Thank you very much to Frances. It says Alex regarding the budget. Tough decisions ahead, eh? Budget cuts. I'd place a bet that the Rolls Royce gold-plated schemes will still go ahead, as government will always support it, its favoured pals. Um, Francis, evidence like that. Okay, as opposed to pub talk. Yeah, if you've got evidence of um, favoured pals getting contracts, love to hear it. Okay. Um, and uh, what else have we got here? Um, that. Oh, I, thank you very much to the texter who says, I just wonder which chemist John West went into. As one item, he says, was £3.25, and I got charged £3.99 for the same item. Do you know what? I'll check with John and find out what chemist he went to. Okay, especially to get his Imodium and uh, Paracetamol and Ibuprofen. Uh, David's on the line. Uh, let's have a chat with him about government budgets. Hello, David. Alex, yeah, other uh, pharmacies are available. That's of course, John they should have... <laughs> of course they are. <laughs> I was going to talk about the budgets and the, the shocking news, and it is shocking as far as I'm concerned, and it is shocking to the community there, the overspends by several government departments. Mm-hmm. We always knew health was going to come in because it was pre-worn some time ago. But years ago, um, I'm not talk- well, I'm talking a few years now, ago, depart- and I'm sure it's still the same, and the ministers are not, are not coming on to say what is the truth to the po- to the pu- public there is when they put a budget together they have the members around the table they have a finance officer from each department uh, and I'd love to find out and really screw down the ones on education where have we gone wrong on that what have we overspent on when the minister says in another thing She's got a hand on the on the the budget, and the other thing is home affairs. I didn't expect home affairs to come in with a wanting an extra money. We need to know what it was for, and was it justified? And was it justified by the members of the departments, who sometimes don't join a department because they they don't want to get involved in in stuff, which I think is sad. We've gone wrong now when each politician gets paid the same amount of money whether he does anything or not. So, David, in terms of getting an answer, because every every new administration says it's going to be more open and transparent than the last, and they seem to go completely opposite way. I mean, we now spend a fortune on spin doctors and communications department and people, things like that, who are, you know, yep. blockages. Um, whereas mm-hmm. in the old days, if you go back about 20 years, um, you used to be able to ring up a minister and, and get an answer. Would you like... You know, I, I can put it out now um, that Julie Edge, Jane Poole Wilson, um, Tim Crook will ring up and tell us, tell us the public, be honest with us, treat us like adults and tell us what the yeah. money's gone on. Well, I can tell you one thing, and it's, it, I'm involved in something there. At Birmingham School, right, mm-hmm. uh, some of the classes the last couple of days have been having movies. Right. right? 
yep. because there's no teachers available. Watching a movie, how is that going to teach a person uh, to get the life skills at that particular age? You, you, you know, I, I want to know the question on that is to Julia. Did she ring me up or tell the public, why is there enough teachers at Bemex School at the minute and why are the teachers just running movies for kids to watch? Well, Ju- Julie, if you're listening, give us a call. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Okay. See you. Bye. Thanks, David. Um, uh, yeah. Um, very, um, you know, relevant questions from David there. Um, uh, that uh, why can't we be told what's happening with our money? Okay. Are we, are, are we not able to take it? Okay. Why doesn't the government come out and tell us exactly what's going on? Um, do you, uh, as far as David's concerned? Uh, right. Let's get on to um, Nick, who's been waiting patiently. He wants to talk about prescriptions. Hello, Nick. Oh, good morning. Oh, good, sorry, good afternoon. Um, can you hear me all right? Just about. It's a bit noisy. Go on, uh, speak up. Uh, yeah, I'm just... Yeah, I, uh, um, anyway, I'm just about this uh, Laurie Hooper's idea about stopping prescriptions for certain things. Um, I've, been, I've been a member of this not a really exclusive club for over 25 years, and I've been paying over you know, £400 a month for this, uh, the NHS. And I think it's kind of unfair that they're taking that away. I mean... Why? Why do that? I understand that you know they want to take away some of the admin, but why not like create a, I don't know, a, an NHS, a bank's associated NHS card that lists all these things that you can get on uh, prescription for three pound eighty-five, and just have a card go in there, go into the chemist and say, look, I really need this um, uh, emulsion for my eczema or whatever. Can I please have, have it at three pound eighty-five instead of twenty-five quid or whatever it is? You know, because that's something that you know people do need. Paracetamol and ibuprofen, yeah, sure, buy it at co-op. You know, it's cheap. But the other stuff, it's not. Like you were just showing on your um, when uh, John Moss went into the the, the chemist. So Nick, much more expensive. Yeah. So Nick, d- despite what the the health minister says, if this is about um, saving money and saving cost, um, because we just don't have enough money coming in um, through national insurance and other taxation to pay for our healthcare system, would you be willing to pay a few extra quid in NI to ensure that t- those kind of prescriptions stayed? Uh, not necessarily. I think I pay a considerable amount already. Um, what I do would suggest is that they. Uh, reduce the amount of days that people get paid for sick, you know, because people who are on uh, sick pay in Manx care get paid up to, like, three months of full pay, that kind of thing. That, that doesn't need to happen. My job doesn't pay sick pay. Yeah, you know? I, I, I presume, I presume from that you, you're, you're a private employee. You're, you, you, you're not a, um, a contracted employee for government or Manx care or anything. That's correct. I'm not. Yeah. Okay. So, I mean, it just it just stings a little bit when I, you know, I know from personal first-hand experience through somebody who knows somebody whose brother's uncle, blah blah blah, that people do get paid a heck of a great deal when they're when they're off, you know, when they work for my care, and people take the take it, you know, take advantage of that in a big way, and that's where why we're three thirty million in the deficit, you know. Yep. Okay. Things like that. Brilliant. Thank you, Nick. Thank you very much for your. Yep. Thank you very much for your call. Um, it's great to talk to you. Also, great to talk to a new voice as well. So, Nick's point there. Okay. Um, do we look then at the amount of time people are off sick? Do we start being a bit more, um, less of a soft touch as a nation in terms of um, how much sick pay we 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 are permitted to take off um, when it comes to uh, not just government employees, but of course, you know, each company has different policies in terms of that. Um, let's go to uh, Andrew, who's on about the best use of resources. Hello, Andrew. 
Hi, Alex. Good day to you. Good day to you. Um, please, uh, I haven't had... Because I'm, I'm at work and I haven't mm-hmm. had time to fully look at it, but it's the item about the new uh, Summerhill View uh, residential care home. Oh, yes. That's in the news. Mm-hmm. And I've actually gone on to the... I'm on the government.im uh, website for Manx Care, and this just comes to your comments there about best use of resources or Mr Hooper's use of it when everybody knows it's cost-cutting and it's actually replicated in this here where it says, uh, uh, Summerhill, the new home replaces Riatna Bay. Originally, it was hoped that the home would be fully staffed by Manx Care. However, other options are now being explored to ensure the services in the new facility will be delivered in the most efficient way. Balancing value for money and high standards of care. Manx Care is therefore investigating the feasibility of commissioning an independent provider to staff and operate the home on behalf of Manx Care. And uh, how will this affect Rietna Bray staff? Individual discussions will be will take place going forward to ensure each staff member has an opportunity to discuss their individual circumstances so we can help to find them the most appropriate job in the future. Options may include redeployment to Sumhill View under an independent provider's employment or redeployment to another Manx Care service. I mean, all of this, it's uh, the department putting Manx Care at arm's length now Manx Care are looking to put some other operator there so that there'll be people there and it's no connection to the, the government can just wipe their hand. Oh, it's nothing to do with us. How much you're going to be charged for your bed? Nothing to do with us. It's an independent provider. An independent provider is not going to take it on, are they, Alex? Unless they're going to make money. That is true. I mean, when it comes to providers of any any sort, um, and, you know, I, I have a degree of sympathy for any business that runs this because they are a business. Businesses are there to make money. So if you're going exactly. to employ someone with a business, you have to bear in mind um, that it's probably going to cost you more. I mean, years ago, um, and I'll use uh, the railways as an example, I think we've got the similar on the roads, that we used to have track gangs and road gangs that were employed by the, the DOT and things like this. And um, someone in government thought it was a great idea to get rid of those because we can cut down on um, jobs and NI and tax and we pay contractors to do it. And now we're so, looking back complaining that we're paying too much for exactly. contractors. Yeah, Exactly. And so um, from my... Unless somebody comes on and tells me otherwise, I don't think we have here Tupi. The uh, uh, transfer of undertakings, protection of employment rights. Mm. So, if they're going to outsource all of this, which is what they're doing, to a private contractor, he's got to make some money. Are they going to be just like Nick was saying? Uh, are will the private contractor be paying sick pay, or will they be just paying, you know, some basic rate, so that the uh, former healthcare employees? will be uh, on uh, a lesser amount. The kind of zero-hours contract. So can, just so that the private operator can make money. It, it's a good and point. How are, and how are uh, people going to be able to afford to go into this new facility? It, it's a very good point. Um, we'll put Mr. it out Hooper, there, Andrew, and see if anyone, um, Hooper, anyone can answer. Well, Mr Hooper, can you please tell us 
Yeah, uh, Mr. Hooper. Many thanks. Thanks very much, Andrew. Um, yeah, uh, uh, Laurie Hooper, if you're listening, Andrew's got that question for you. Um, at 66 13 68. He's talking about the, the independent provider that's been sought as Manx Care can't meet the staffing needs of the new Summerhill View residential home. Now, that's nearing completion, and uh, you'll see the story on manxradio.com. Um, they, Manx Care um, say that they will... Um, it was hoped that they were going to be able to fully staff the site, but now they can't. And they're looking at the possibility of commissioning an independent provider, a process that might take up to 12 months. Does that mean we're going to have a, a brand new residential home sitting there not doing anything for 12 months? Have I read that right? Please let us know. And also, are we going more arm's length, arm's length, arm's length? OK, if um, we, we seem to hear this all the time. And if someone can ring up and tell us, what are the positives of arm's length? Okay, we tried to do it with the airport. A steam packet is arm's length. Um, everything seems to be arm's length from government. Manx care. Um, it almost seems like someone's been indoctrinated with the thought that this is going to bring benefits. What are those benefits? And are they value for money being arm's length? Or have you stuck in an extra layer that's going to cost you more money? Um, I would love to know. Do give me a call. 66 13 68. And uh, we'll be back with Julian just after this. <laughs> When the man in line's not on air, call Manx Radio to leave your opinion for broadcast on 682 631. But of course we are live on air at the moment, uh, fast approaching 12.30. Give me a call, 661368, on any of the topics um, in the news or anything you'd like to talk about. Uh, a few texts quickly. Um, that um, If MHKs are farming off everything to private businesses and using arm's length strategy, why exactly do we need all these MHKs for? Serious question. Thank you, 505, for that one. And uh, run at arm's length are just government's words for devolved responsibility. I don't need, don't know why we need so many MHKs. Um, seems to be a bit of a, a, um, a theme here. Um, Matt says, care home staff, to answer Andrew's question, it's because the Isle of Man government or Manx Care won't offer zero hours minimum wage contracts. So they outsource it to employers who can. And uh, Tupi. Um, it doesn't apply in the Isle of Man. Um, that was the transferable... Oh, I can't remember the full term. Basically, it's transfer of employment, isn't it? Um, uh, so no pensions or benefits rights preserved either. It's a contract, and we give the employer a brand new £12 million building to treat as their own. Is that the case? Is that is that true, that um, basically they were shuffling it off to try and get zero-hours contracts? I'd like to know, um, uh, you know, the, the other side of the story, please, before we say it's uh, it's fact. Um, that's someone in government, Alex, who thought it was a good idea to get rid of track gangs and road gangs, is now your boss at Manx Radio. Chris Sully? He's former BFBF and RAF. I'm not sure he was digging up roads. Um, but yeah, thank you very much for that. Um, thank you very much to Texter 380. Uh, more Hooper waffle and lies. Harsh words. He doesn't deserve to be an MHK, always focusing on everything other than doing his own job. Bishop vote one day and prescription charges, both small potatoes. Should put his energy into shortening doctor and dentist appointments waiting times. In fairness, there, there is a huge brief of what goes with being the health minister. So um, if he's picking on one thing that's not your priority, in fairness, he's still possibly doing something else that's within his brief. Um, and whether... You feel then, and as a private member, you should be spending his time um, focusing on the bishop's vote as well. Well, um, let me know your opinion on that. Um, that Good afternoon, Alex. I don't believe Manx Care or government in general have shown that they are capable of managing any monies received from increased tax or NI. So that, that that's the point then, is it? That um, when the government saves money, we don't trust them. This was a thought, wasn't it? You know, the uh, the earnings survey that they, you hear lots of adverts for, and you heard the Treasury Minister a few weeks ago saying, please, 
please take part in this earnings survey. And then anecdotally you speak to people and they say, no, because we don't trust the government. Have we got to such a point that the behaviour of our um, our government and politicians has got to the point where we don't trust them? Is that the issue? Sue, one of the most urgent items in the budget should be helping young families to pay for childcare so they're able to work. The rise in living costs in general has meant people are struggling. More assistance is available in the UK, so why not here? Especially if we want to attract younger residents. Apparently it's in the pipeline, but it's needed now for people, um, for more people. Uh, before more people go under. Sorry, thank you, Sue. I had trouble reading that. Uh, right, he's been waiting patiently. Uh, Julian, good afternoon. Hi, Alex. How are you doing? I'm not so bad, mate. How are you? All right. I was uh, watching the uh, track of the Manxman the last days. Um, just giving me an idea. Perhaps we should do a cruise to uh, Flandidno and back more often. Might be nice. I think it'd be lovely. I, I suggested to my wife that I wanted to go on a, a, a day tr- cruise to Hesham and back in one of the posh cabins when she first started. And uh, it wasn't met with overall enthusiasm. No, no. Well, apparently it does all right when in the open sea because that's where it seems to spend most of its time. Unlike the Ben that I notice on the webcams has been tied up all right in Douglas, uh, as far yep. as I can see. Yep, she's been in for the last day. She did, um, as the steam packet announced, she came off her berth yesterday um, because they were doing some fender work. But uh, um, yeah, the Manxman does seem to be spending a huge amount of time at sea. And uh, I don't remember any vessel with or without a crew on board that spent so much time at sea in storms before her. But I'm willing to be proved wrong. Unless it's got one of those Tesla self-drive things on it, maybe. Who knows? Oh, of course. Yeah, that's a good point. AI will be in charge soon. That's the way it's going, you know, Julian. <laughs> anyway, you wanted to talk about public spending. Uh, yeah, uh, large infrastructure projects. Just going to noticing in the news, and I'll, I'll get to my point. Um, Sweden's largest wind farm, uh, Mark Bigden Ek, outside of Piteå, is facing bankruptcy with accumulated losses of 220 million euros and debts of over 530 million euros. Around the corner from there, the Older Meyer Burdeget Wind Farm has had its 15-year power purchase agreement terminated early because it hadn't managed to provide the volume of energy over the year, forcing the area to buy in wholesale electricity at greatly inflated prices, incurring a net annual loss for the wind farm of 12.7 million euros. You've also heard about the French wind farm in Montpellier that was ordered to close and reinstate the foundations after people were complaining of infrasound and also numerous bird strikes and death. Uh, you've got Orsted's business partner, Eversource Energy, is trying to get out of the three proposed offshore wind farms off New Jersey and New York and are going to accept a cancellation charge of $1.6 billion. Uh, fellow wind farm developers Equinor and their partner BP have cancelled the Empire Wind 2 project off New York at a cost of a billion dollars. You've got the Dumfries and Galloway and Scottish Borders Council have refused the Foreside Wind Farm uh, based on visual and landscape amenity, cultural heritage loss together with low frequency infrasound to the Eskdale Muir Seismological Recording Station. Um, but altogether, something that kind of binds this to the Isle of Man. In recent years, it's becoming noticeable that many ESG companies are now showing significant losses due to growing investor disapproval and legal challenges to many of the draconian measures that ESG rules demand. Things like, you know, forcing people not to be able to buy uh, boilers that use gas or oil or, um, you know, not being allowed to have an ICE car in the not too distant future. Um, and it seems that that's reflected in yet more job losses at Deloitte's KPMG Price Waterhouse Cooper, 
And about two weeks ago, the Wall Street Journal published an article titled The Latest Dirty Word in Corporate America, ESG. And in the first nine months of last year, $14 billion was removed by investors from ESG funds just in the U.S. Uh, interestingly, BlackRock CEO Larry Fink didn't even mention the word ESG in his 2023 investors letter. Before you go any further, Joan, Liam, for, for new listeners starting here, as it were, because I, 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 I'm very aware of ESG, BlackRock is the biggest shareholder of Disney, and uh, it's either ESG or DSI, um, which a lot of people normally term in the entertainment industry as woke. What does it stand for and what, what, what's its relation to the Isle of Man? What's the point you're making? Well, just take a walk down any of the uh, streets like Athol Street, Upper Church Street, Circular Road, um, and just go on any of their websites. And the first thing you'll see is sustainability, sustainable development goals from the UN, ESG. I mean, it's plastered all over the place. Um, But, you know, all these news stories, my point is, why is the Isle of Man going headlong into wind energy potentially spending way over £60 million on a handful of turbines, which won't generate energy more than probably 20% of the time. And that's just for our electric, not our heat. And that could prove ruinous to our entire economy, especially if we start having problems either getting electricity, if we have to have a half a billion pounds worth of uh, interconnector, wherever that money's coming from. Um, and what if you end up with blackouts? I mean, you know, what's that going to do to the economy if, um, you know, you can't charge your EV? Well, I mean, I'll put it to you, Julian. Let's look bigger picture here for the moment. Um, that um, is it possible that um, being able to, you know, save the planet and in being able to be more green and cut down on our emissions, carbon footprint, etc., isn't economical and business viable? Which is why everyone always says, you know, look at China. Look what it's doing. China's got a rip roaring economy now. Is it a case that we either want a rip-roaring economy and let the, 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 the planet die, or do we want, I'm being very, you know, um, catastrophic here, um, or is it a case of that we have to accept that in order to have low emissions and be more green, that actually maybe it might not be economical? Well, you see, when we're told that the planet's dying, mm-hmm. you hear about things like, for example, New York was having loads of pollution from the fires in in Canada, and I noticed recently, for example, the headline, Nova Scotia, um, the province's largest ever wildfire. Dalton Clark Stewart, age 22, charged with multiple counts of arson. Uh, meanwhile, just round the corner at that time, Quebec man has now been charged with 14 charges of arson. Brian Paré, according to Reuters. Uh, other problems were the fact that the government-owned land wasn't um, having any kind of proper policy in terms of taking away all the dry, um, dead leaves and things, Mm -hmm. which all the private land did. And you can see from satellite that the private land that's properly managed was almost like it was just perfect green and everything around it was getting burned. So the the land control uh, policies are not being adhered to very well. Um, You know, we're hearing also things like, oh, you know, climate, you know, we've got to avoid 1.5 degree warming. Meanwhile, in Hakkari in Turkey yesterday, they've just gone past um, 200 year level of 23 feet of snow and record cold. North America has been suffering from one of its coldest Januaries in over 100 years with 100 dead. But you're not hearing that on the news. Record cold in Delhi. And in the Southern Hemisphere, Antarctica has been described by NOAA as a year without a summer. So what you're saying is effectively that that's evidence of climate change? 
Uh, well, yeah, but going colder, which is what I think is what's happening with our 400-year cycle, which, you know, NASA themselves are talking about the EDI minimum, EDDY. Well, I'll tell you now, maybe, uh, we'll, uh, you know, we'll, we'll finish on this one, that um, going back to your original point, though, either way... I, I would love to be able to hear someone, whether you're a climate sceptic or not, and whether you're for wind power or for tidal power or for combustion, I, I've never been able to hear someone tell me that pumping out toxic fumes um, or pollution or littering is a good thing. Surely not doing that um, to the planet we live on is surely a good thing. Well, we're told that we're pumping out all this stuff and we have to stop by people who are going to Davos in private jets. Oh, I, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't, don't criticise the fact that, yeah, I, I, I take on board that that's hypocrisy, but surely we can sit here and do what lots of people do, which is saying this is awful, this is awful, this is awful. What, what's the alternative? Because um, if we carry on burning stuff that's pumping out toxic fumes, whether I'm a scientist or not, toxic fumes are not good. That's why they're toxic. Yeah, but I mean, my primary point here is. You've, you've had people on the radio today talking about the health service and mm-hmm. they're withdrawing services for, for prescriptions and things. Um, and, but in the same breath, we're being asked to believe about all this climate stuff. And that is the reason why we're going to spend between 60 and 100 million pounds on a bunch of 650 foot high wind turbines that are from technology from 1925, really. It's a good point, and it's one that I would love to hear an answer from from a, a politician. So, um, thank you, Julian. Good point to end on there. Um, it's always great to hear from Julian. And uh, if you want to maybe answer some of his points, please do so. Sixty six thirteen sixty eight. David H has been on. Save the planet. The planet will survive long after humans have destroyed themselves. Uh, What's well, a good point? I suppose it's more save the planet in terms of keeping it in condition that we can live on it, David, for children and grandchildren and beyond, quite frankly. Um, what else have we... Um, why is Julian given so much time to talk the same rubbish every day, says 011, someone who's never te- um, phoned in? Give me a call and I'll gladly put you on air as well. Um, so th- th- this was the comment yesterday. Why do we get the regulars? Well, I have an empty switchboard at the moment. It's a phone-in programme. Okay, so um, if you don't like what someone else says... Join the conversation. That's the whole point. Um, uh, let's have a look. Hi, Alex on WhatsApp. Um, uh, do the arrangements for the new residential home mean that less qualified staff who may not speak English will be caring for the residents? I understand this sort of thing goes on in the UK. Also, the living conditions for the uh, imported staff. Makes sounds like you've ordered them on Amazon. Imported staff are often substandard and their wages misappropriated. That's from Pat in Laxey. Thank you, Pat. Uh, very, very good point. Um, communication is important. Okay, it's uh, being able to actually understand what someone says, especially in a caring elderly environment, uh, I can imagine is something that really must be taken into account. Um, uh, Thank you very much to Phil, who says too many snowflakes in today's world. I agree with the new over the counter policy. Thank you, Phil. See, there's a bit of balance. Um, Thank you very much to Marie, who says so Manx Care impose over the counter scheme to deflect away from the horrendous, unnecessary spending they've made by having um, a manager or this manager, or that manager. Basically, um, Marie is talking about having too many managers in the the departments. Unbelievable, because the poorer people on this island are living on minimum wage, which is awfully bad, and so now they're penalised more. Um, No one goes for a doctor for an over-the-counter prescription. It's usually something that they really are worried about. This is ridiculous, says Mary. Mary, thank you very much for that. And... um, Thank you to Eric, who says, Hi, Alex. Listening on the internet, sitting in 24 degrees in Benidorm. Global warming, who cares? 
yeah, um, you know, I'm all right, Jack, sort of behaviour. That's all I'm going to say with a smile on my face. Um, uh, Julian is literally confirming that climate change consequences are real. Things will only get worse around the globe unless we do something about it. That was the, the big PR mistake, wasn't it, of calling it global warming? Because everyone um, just basically thinks it means that everything gets warmer. And, uh, yeah, I don't think we're going to turn Douglas into Benidorm anytime soon. It's more about climate change. So, interesting. Um, that... Uh, <laughs> Um, the biggest problem is there is too many of you and me, uh, Alex, but no politician is going to say that. So, well, there's too many of us. We're trying to attract more people here, aren't we? Um, that, um, thank you very much to Simon, who says, well, Julian had a good try at proving all the climate denier points. It doesn't take too much brain matter to realise he's proper woke. Oh, here we go, the snowflake references. Um, is there any reason why we can't hold a Manx referendum before the government goes ahead and spends millions on wind turbines? Put all the pros and cons on the table for Manx taxpayers to decide, says Kevin. Well, this is the problem. You, uh, We're getting into the whole sort of setup of democracy and parliament on the Isle of Man, isn't it? That in theory, Timwall, the highest court of the land, should hold the executive to account. Okay, and uh, the DOI is a fine example recently of how Tim Wald has told it to do something and they go and ignore it. So um, the question is, in theory, you should hold them to account at a general election every five years. But then um, once there's been a general election, they vote amongst themselves to who the chief minister is. And then the chief minister um, assigns his or her um, council of ministers and they come up with their plan for the five year strategy, none of which has been voted on. So almost you always vote on it on hindsight. You did all of this, and either you did all this good or all of this damage, um, whichever your viewpoint is, and then you get to vote afterwards and say, well, that was a load of rubbish or that was really good. So should it be the other way around, Kevin? Hmm. You know, you decide. 66, 13 at 68. It would be lovely to chat to you on the phones. Um, and uh, John is on. Hello, John. Hi. Good morning. Good morning. Uh, um, I've been a regular listener to the Manning line, and obviously... We all talk about local stuff and we appear to sort of navel gaze a bit. I just thought I'd relate a story that happened to me recently. And my brother, who's a retired and is a high-worth individual, was looking at places to relocate to. Mm-hmm. Uh, he fears a Labour government in the UK. And he's a regular visitor to the Isle of Man. He played golf at Castletown. He was an overseas member there. Been coming here for 35 years ever since I moved to the island, stayed in hotels restaurants, etc. Um, but he's worried about his tax situation in the UK, and I did a bit of homework. Isle of Man definitely advantageous to his uh, present situation, but basically he's decided not to come because, he, in his words, frankly, over the last five years, the Isle of Man is looking very much third world. Now, what do you, what would you be, actually say is is the, to, to blame for that? Because we always like to blame the government of the day. Is there anything specific that um, has made the uh, Isle of Man well, look third world? Very much the airport situation. Um, he's a regular flyer. I mean, uh, he, he flies all over the place. And being having easy access and reliable access um, very much was part of that decision. Because we were told by the Quail administration, weren't we, when we were all asking, could we have our own airline like Guernsey has with uh, Orney? And it was going to, um, their airline runs at a deficit of a few million a year. And we said we couldn't afford that. But then we have spent hundreds of millions on the ferry service. 
Do you feel that we should have invested in an, an air service as well? I think that's that argument's been going on for a long time. Um, maybe support um, a regular service. I mean, we've all been on an easy jet at Gatwick where you're waiting there and your plane hasn't even arrived in Portugal. Is it going to get back on time to Gatwick? Is it going to beat the deadline at Ronaldsway? Ah, oh, the infamous Sunday evening Gatwick service. Well, and the Thursday one, I've been on that. <laughs> and I think he was he was on one recently where the famous, uh, we're going to have to circle for half an hour because the air traffic control is taking a cup of coffee. So, I mean, anyway, so he, he's decided not to. Um, and I just thought that when we, as I say, when we're all very introspective, we, and there's Cannon wanting another 15,000 people, um, whether everybody is going to be attracted to the Isle of Man. I mean, what would you feel? Do you feel that it's... Because um, I'm presuming uh, you were resident on the island. I've been here for 35 years, yeah. OK, um, so what do you think needs to change? If you were in that position of the person in power, if you were in Alf Cannon's position, um, what action would you take? Not, not we, we do a lot of talking in, uh, in government and on radio, obviously, but what action would you take that would reverse that, do you feel? Well, I think on the, on the airport one, there was just a complete lack of forward planning with people retiring, etc. Um, somebody, no, nobody's ever been made accountable for that. Um, I think also infrastructure, healthcare problems, a, a whole combination of things. We, we last time he was here, we went out to a restaurant. He, he very kindly paid the bill. Um, I said, thank you very much. I hope they didn't sting you too much. He said, no, it, it was all right. He says, but my local canteen is Scots in Mayfair and it's about the same price. <laughs> wow. <laughs> so you don't, you don't think that... Because the way we, we market the island, if you look at, you know, come and live here, it's all about the glorious wide open spaces. We, even with our tourism, we're obsessed of making ourselves look a bit like Cumbria, the Lake District and Wales. Um, do you feel that there should be more focus on day-to-day -day life functionality yes hmm. okay uh, well thank yeah. you very much um thank you very much for your call on that one and um well fingers crossed you never know your, your friend might give us a second look i've got my fingers crossed for you if not it's my brother actually oh it's your brother oh even better well uh, make make sure he treats you to him that meal down in that canteen that he's, he's promised you <laughs> oh he does every time i go down to london yeah <laughs> excellent stuff thanks so much for your call um lovely to uh, speak to john there right um we're nearly out of time because um part of our 60th anniversary uh, here on Manx Radio. We're looking back at some of uh, the, uh, the, uh, the content we've produced over the last 60 years serving the island. Kelly's Eye on a Wednesday and uh, they're going to, David and uh, Peter are going to a place of worship in Douglas that I can tell you now um, you might not even know is there. So stick around, that's coming up in a few moments time. Um, let's have a look that um, S in Onken, could you advise your recent caller regarding his brother relocating that it's young working people with families we're trying to attract, not old, retired or approaching retirement people, says S in Onken. Yet yeah, no one's managed to answer to me um, that, yes, we can attract so these 15,000 extra people, which is probably 5,000 extra jobs and their families. Are we expecting them not to grow old, not to be dependent on the state, or when they get to retirement age, we're going to boot them all off? You're only allowed here when you're working... Um, um, and we'll, we'll boot you all off because we don't want to actually... Because all we're doing is, once again, kicking the can down the road. Or is that is that the plan? Won't be my problem, Jack. It'll be a future administration's problem to work out how to pay for all them. It'll just sort things out in the short term. 
Well, um, please put me right on that, because that's what I see. Um, let's have a look. Thank you to Texter505. We need leadership. Um, that sounds very Blackadder. Uh, we need leadership. Where is Alf? It's no good having a chief minister that constantly hides and shies away from the public view. Less time at dinner parties and opening ceremonies and more time at being seen and heard. Stop hiding, Alfred, says Roy. Thank you, Roy. I can see who you blame there. Don't mince your words, will you? Um, uh, Alex, please, we don't want more retirees here that won't be contributing national insurance and instead be adding to the costs of social and healthcare services, says Andy. Thank you very much for that. Um, what have we got here? Steve's being on. Uh, thank you very much, Steve. Uh, he says, hi, Alex, it's not that Manx Care or Pension Black Hole that political people need to look at social benefits. OK, well, are we going back to that one again, of course? Having a go at anybody who's on the social. Mm, that can be very divisive in society. Thank you to the person who suggests I should be an MHK. There, yeah, let's move on from that, shall we? Um, to the previous caller, why, why would we want tax dodgers moving here? We're a nation, not your escape from your owned, ruined nation. Well, I suppose like anything else, if we're trying to attract people with money... What's the the sort of psyche behind the idea that, well, we don't want you here just because you're trying to escape Britain? Mm. And thank you to the last one here. Alex, the government are full of good ideas, the latest being AI. What happened to the biomed industry that was going to be huge? I have no comment. Christy's up next. Thank you to Barry on the phones. Take care. Ta-da.